Welcome back, everybody, to the Luke Beasley Show. I hope you're doing wonderful on this Monday. Another week ahead of us, but not just some normal week, which normal weeks are plenty exciting with American politics, but this week is huge, massive, gargantuous, fill in the blank with a synonym for big. It applies to this week because likely we will be witnessing history in the making. Holy smokes, you know what I'm referring to, the likely Trump arrest. We'll get into that in just a second here. But before we do, you're realizing, if you're watching this on the uh, YouTube channel, um, today's full show is going to be available to everyone on the YouTube channel publicly. Normally, it's just for our members at lukebeasleyshow.com slash membership. But today, everyone's getting it, number one, because what a week to be starting. We should all share in that experience uh, together. Number two, so that you can kind of get a sense, sort of how we've done in the past with bonus shows on occasion, get a sense of what would you be getting, uh, which is the full video version of the show, hours before all the clips are able to be, all the stories individually are able to be uploaded to the YouTube channel, The Weekend Bonus Show, and you're supporting what we do. Wonderful. Um... And then the third reason I wanted to upload it for everyone is to say thank you so much. I said this on yesterday's bonus show, but for everyone, thank you so much for watching, whether it's supporting through membership or just being a viewer, a listener. It is so greatly appreciated. And I always feel this way, but lately have just been overflowing with gratitude. This is what I get to do. It's such a blast. I love it so much. And that's quite literally, my reality because of you. And I'm so grateful for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I wish there were more ways to say it, um, but I absolutely mean it. Not to get too gushy. With all that being said, let's dive into today's show. Donald Trump has announced to the world that at least he believes he's going to be arrested. Arrested tomorrow, Tuesday, March 21st. Yes, March 21st. He believes he's going to be arrested. This is, of course, in uh, relation to the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, their investigation into Trump's uh, Stormy Daniels hush money payment, and it could all be going down tomorrow. Whoa, here on True Social, he wrote (laughs) in all caps. And by the way, after we look at this initial message, initial message, we're going to walk through his entire meltdown. Wow, quite the quite the breakdown he's having. But uh, first, so for our podcast listeners, picture all caps and everyone just imagine the sweaty, angry, frantic man writing this true social post. Now illegal leaks from a corrupt and highly political Manhattan District Attorney's Office, which has allowed new records to be set in violent crime and whose leader is funded by George Soros, indicate that with no crime being able to be proven and based on an old and fully debunked by numerous other prosecutors, fairy tale, the far and away leading Republican candidate and former president of the United States of America will be arrested on Tuesday of next week. That was all one sentence. Tuesday of next week, period. One sentence. Whew. Uh, protest take our nation back now who knows why he's talking about himself in the third person like that and also something i've said before the only way i can stay sane doing this (laughs) is to not allow myself to always feel in my body what i 
think in my head. Meaning, I can't feel angry about all the things that I am intellectually angry about, if that makes sense. And uh, so you'll notice my energy often on many stories is kind of lighthearted. But don't mistake that for me not understanding the severity because here, him saying, take our country back, protest, while peaceful protests are awesome, of course, we support people's right to do that, he understands the context of saying the country is being taken from his followers, saying take it back and protest, while in literal terms, could be fine protest, hooray. What was the last time he was using similar language? January 6th. And so there could be some reading between the lines that's being done. And that is terrifying. Um, and it's important for us to recognize that hopefully everything stays peaceful here. Um, and by the way, Trump's team came out uh, and said in some form or another that this is not Trump based on inside information sharing this. This is just reporting that he's seeing and he's expecting to be arrested, but this isn't based on inside information. Okay. Continuing in all caps, it's time. We are a nation in steep decline being uh, led into World War III by a crooked politician who doesn't even know he's alive. <laughs> Biden doesn't know he's alive, I guess, but who is surrounded by evil and sinister people who based on their actions on defunding the police, destroying our military, open borders, no voter ID, inflation, raising taxes, and much more can only hate our now failing USA. We just can't allow this anymore. They're killing our nation as we sit back and watch. We must save America. Protest, 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 Trump says. Very frantic. He is panicking. Um, obviously, just lies out the wazoo, as I'm sure you're aware. <laughs> um, then next post, remember the same animals and thugs now that type of language animals that's intentional and dangerous because when you're saying take your country back protest, 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 protest again protesting is fine but not everyone's going to take it to mean peaceful and then calling those that you would be taking the country back from animals that is so dangerous remember the same animals and thugs that would do this to perhaps 200 million people 200 million people, who's he talking about? But actually all Americans are the communists, Marxists, rhinos, and losers that are purposefully destroying our country. Can someone find me one, one singular person in a position of power who is a communist Marxist? Communist slash Marxist. Now rhinos and losers, right? both of those are, you know, interpretive, but Communists and Marxists would be someone who subscribes to a particular ideology. And the only communists and Marxists that I'm aware of are uh, online <laughs> individuals who don't hold any positions of power. So it's a very strange obsession of the right wing. I don't even know if y'all want me to continue, but come on, got to do it. Can you imagine... The great New York City Police Department, correctly referred to as New York City's finest, who for the first and only time in history endorsed the president, me, and honored me as man of the year, having to defend and protect the defunders and cop haters of the radical left. They always go after the left and um, actually both those things and Biden for being 
pro defund the police and cop haters. Number one, a relatively small portion of anyone you can find on the left even was on board with defund the police. Thus, that's why it's not a prominent um, action being taken. And Biden repeats time and time again, he wants to fund the police, not defund the police. Then the cop haters thing, we're going to talk about this more in, uh, later in today's show, but it is those on the left who are trying to push for more common sense gun control laws that would make the lives of police officers safer when weapons of war are on the streets cops aren't as safe as they could be um so it's all just branding and catchphrases not actual policy positions but continuing forward defunders and cop haters of the radical left that want to put their greatest champion and friend in prison for a crime that doesn't exist all the while the soros backed da allows murderers and other violent criminals to freely roam the sidewalks of new york question <laughs> mark oh my goodness prepare yourself you will hear the name george soros quite a few times over the course of the next weeks and months. It is the district attorney of Manhattan who's breaking the law by using the fake and fully discredited testimony, even by the SDNY, of a convicted liar, felon, and jailbird, Michael Cohen, to incredibly persecute, prosecute, and indict a former president, and now leading, by far, presidential candidate for a crime that doesn't exist. Alvin Bragg should be held accountable for the crime of interference in a presidential election. We're also going to talk about later in today's show, Trump uh, being also in a really bad place when it comes to the Georgia investigation into his attempts to overturn the 2020 election results in the state of Georgia and what was being what was being investigated and is currently being considered uh, to bring charges in regard to was Trump's interference in a presidential election. So then, of course, he's turning around and saying it's Alvin Bragg who's interfering in a presidential election. Um, and we'll end it there. I just can't, oh my goodness, can't do any more of that. Quickly, to kind of give you a sense of uh, what's going on here, a couple of responses. First, from Alvin Bragg himself, here from Politico, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg offered a private retort to Donald Trump's message Saturday, urging supporters to protest his expected indictment, telling office employees in an email that we do not tolerate attempts to intimidate our office or threaten the rule of law in New York, according to a copy obtained by Politico. So saying Trump calling for protests, and if there are protests, that's not going to intimidate. Um, and likely there will be threats, of course. And that's not going to intimidate the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. And finally, Kevin McCarthy getting asked about the calls for protests from Trump. I don't think people should protest this, no. And I, I think President Trump, if you talk to him, he doesn't believe that either. I mean, I think, I think the thing that you may misinterpret when, the, when President Trump talks, when someone says that they can protest, he would probably be referring to my tweet educate people about what's going mm. on. He's not talking in a harmful way and nobody should. Nobody should harm one another in this. And th okay. So that he should be saying people should stay peaceful, which he, he is. So that's good. But really you're going to go. Yeah. He said protest. protest. No, I, I don't think he means anything other than educate people, educate, educate, educate is really what he's saying. Okay. And Kevin McCarthy, of course, is playing into the narrative that this is, politically motivated he's saying the house majority is going to look into the weaponization going on and 
it's all horrible and terrible. When in reality, we've heard for a very long time from Republicans that we need to have, which we agree, law and order. That's what's happening. Trump possibly committed a crime. Now law and order is playing out. They should be on board, but instead, no, it's horrible political persecution um, before they've seen any of the specifics of the case. They are quite confident that that's what's going on. So wild moment, ladies and gentlemen, Trump could be arrested tomorrow. It won't necessarily happen. He could be misinterpreting messages, uh, you know, kind of what he's seeing. Again, they're saying this isn't based on private information he's received, just his observation of the news. Um, but truly a stunning time we are in. Make sure, make sure, even if you think you are, that you are definitely subscribed to the YouTube channel. It is so important. Um, thank you. We move now from the Stormy Daniels hush money payment case that is likely bringing charges against Trump um, this week. At least that's Trump's expectation out of New York to Georgia and the investigation we've been following very closely that is so important into Trump's attempts to overturn the 2020 election results in the state of Georgia. And I have some big news, big news on that front. So before we get into it, as we talked about previously, while Trump should be held accountable for any of his violations of the law, absolutely, it has been unfortunate to see just as far as the timeline go uh, goes, the Stormy Daniel case come first in likely bringing charges against Trump because of how significant some of these other cases are. And that's what we're talking about here. So here's this being reported from CNN. Georgia prosecutors considering racketeering and conspiracy charges in probe of effort to overturn Trump's 2020 loss, source says. Atlanta area prosecutors are considering bringing racketeering and conspiracy charges in connection with Donald Trump's effort to overturn the 2020 election in Georgia, according to a source with knowledge of the investigation. Investigators have a large volume of, of substantial evidence related to a possible conspiracy from inside and outside the state, including recordings of phone calls, emails, text messages, documents, and testimony before a special grand jury. Their work, the source said, underscores the belief that the push to help Trump was not just a grassroots effort that originated inside the state. The special grand jury met for roughly seven months in Atlanta and heard testimony from 75 witnesses, including some of Trump's closest advisors from his final weeks in the White House. It recommended, uh, recommended issuing multiple indictments in their final report, according to the jury foreperson who spoke out in a media blitz. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis uh, could make decisions on charges this spring, the source said. Whew, crazy. And let me get to now some interesting reporting done, uh, let me see here, by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that highlights some quotes from jurors who were a part of this special grand jury. And as a reminder, the special grand jury investigated makes recommendations Fannie Willis will make a decision um but some fascinating quotes here from these jurors about this investigation quote I could honestly give a damn of whoever goes to jail you know like personally one juror said I care more about there being more respect in the system for the work that people do to make sure elections are free and fair 
Another juror said, I tell my wife, um, if every person in America knew every single word of information we knew, this country would not be divided as it is right now. And then uh, a lot's a lot's going to come out sooner or later, one of the jurors said, and it's going to be massive. It's going to be massive, they said. So, number one, the individual saying, if people knew what we know through this investigation, we wouldn't be so divided. And the person before that saying, um, it's about respect for the system and the amazing work that individuals do within our election systems. And then the other saying, it's going to be massive, paints a picture of they started to understand just how secure our election was and how despicable it was that Trump and uh, others were attempting to use lies, lies to overthrow American democracy, or in this case, the democratic process in Georgia. And before we discuss further, here's a little bit of analysis on CNN. Your reporting, Don, is so important. When we're thinking about how a case could be charged, you're always going to start with your base level crimes. And here it appears the DA is looking at potential election interference and election fraud. Now, you reported they're considering conspiracy. That's a loaded word, but all it really means is an agreement, a meeting of the minds between two or more people to commit a crime. And then if you go up to racketeering, now this is a really powerful tool that prosecutors use. What you have to do is show two things. First of all, the existence of what we call a racketeering enterprise. That can be a mafia family, that can be a drug trafficking organization, but it can also be a corporation or a political entity. And then you have to show that they engage in what we call a pattern of racketeering activity, meaning that they committed two or more crimes in an organized fashion, which brings us to this other new piece of information. There's a third phone call. We already know about, of course, the right. infamous phone call to Brad Raffensperger. I just want to find 11,780 votes. There's also a public recording of Donald Trump talking to this investigator, Francis Watson, when he tells her when the right answer comes out, you'll be praised. Now we know Trump also called the former Georgia Speaker of the House, asking him to convene a special session. Now, Don, as we know, we've heard from some of the grand jurors, special grand jurors who've come out. They've told us that they've recommended indictments for more than a dozen. Okay. So, um, conspiracy, racketeering, election interference, and fraud, which there seems to be, we don't know everything that's in the investigation and what they've uncovered, but even what we do know, there seems to be quite a bit of evidence that Trump was indeed trying to interfere in the election, indeed trying to, without any grounds, overthrow the results. Just say, nah, I'm the president. I'm going to be the president for the next four years despite losing the election. And a lot of it is recorded. Find me 11,780 votes that don't exist and declare me the winner. Calling the Speaker of the House, as we recently covered, um, the fact that the recording was um, shown to these jurors of Trump calling the late Speaker of the House of Georgia um, at the time and asking him to call a special session to overturn the election results. It is just hard as these words leave my mouth to recognize this is real life. This is what we're talking about. And in the spring is what is being reported. We could see charges coming out of Georgia, coming out of Fulton County, and that would be very good for democracy. Last thing on this, uh, CNN reports, 
Attorneys for former President Donald Trump have asked for a judge to toss the final report and evidence from a special grand jury in Georgia that spent, spent months investigating efforts by Trump and his allies to overturn the 2020 election. Um, yeah, of course they are. <laughs> Can you toss all that out? That, that kind of makes Trump look bad. That's not going to happen, but of course they will be attempting to get all of the damning evidence thrown out. All right. So there it is. Wow. Big stuff. You can tell. I'm rather excited because it was a very dark time for American democracy that we observed and we're still in it in a major way. And for our legal system to respond in the way that it should is going to give me some hope for the future. Well, Ron DeSantis has responded to um, the fact that Trump is likely going to be charged out of the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, their investigation that's been going on into the Stormy Daniels hush money payment. And Trump has publicly said he expects to be arrested tomorrow, Tuesday, or at least I'm recording this um, on Monday. So Tuesday is tomorrow as of now. And uh, Ron DeSantis kind of took a jab at Trump, as you'll see here, but then is playing into the narrative that it's a witch hunt, but also definitely taking a jab at Trump, which is interesting. I don't know what goes into paying hush money to a porn star to, to secure silence over some type of alleged affair. I just, I can't speak to that. But what I can speak to is that if you have a prosecutor who is ignoring crimes happening every single day in his jurisdiction, and he chooses to go back many, many years ago uh, to try to use something about porn star hush money payments, you know, that's an example of pursuing a political agenda and weaponizing the office. Did I mention porn star? Um, that's hilarious because he could have just done the second half, right? Why is he going back? Weaponization, this, that, and the other thing. But two things that are notable. The first is that he's dig, you know, getting in a dig. Um, porn star Trump, porn star Trump, making sure those are uh, tied together, which perfectly, perfectly fair. And the party of family values is saying that Trump is the great fighter of, you know, the Christian uh, values and stuff. And he has all these life experiences that don't seem to align with the party of family values, but perfectly fair to highlight that. The second thing is that he's saying, I don't know at all what goes into a case about porn star hush money payments, but also it's a weaponized case. If you don't know, then how would you know? Right? Uh, next moment here. I've got to spend my time on issues that actually matter to people. Uh, I can't spend my time uh, worrying about uh, things, things of that nature. So, so we're not going to be involved in it anyway. Um, I'm fighting for Floridians and I'm fighting back against Biden. That's what I do every single day. Mm. So brave. So uh, that seems to be in reference to calls from MAGA for DeSantis to use his power as governor to protect Trump in the state of Florida against this or whatever. Uh, so he's saying he'll continue working to, I don't know, ban books or whatever, spend his time doing those important things uh get rid of the crt that doesn't exist from schools and uh be doing that instead of worrying about trump okay and then you have mike lindell very unhappy 
with these statements from DeSantis. Fredericks did a great job on his show this morning in, in outlining this. And Governor DeSantis, you're better than this. That was a weasel approach. And don't give me the don't don't throw anything about the porn star. I don't need to hear it from you. OK, don't need to hear it. OK, uh, Mike Lindell, the Election Crime Bureau report, sir. Well, first of all, uh, DeSantis is the Trojan horse. Mike, you got to brighten up that camera. That's a disaster. First, we thought he was. Uh, I just want to put that out there, how disgusting he is. Um, he Remember, everybody, he met with Dominion lawyers on uh, finding, figuring out a way to make it easier to sue people for defamation like my pillow and Mike Lindell. Um, if they arrest uh, our great president, Donald Trump, um, hands down, he, um, he wins. Fredericks did a great job. What is all this talking in third person within MAGA? Mike Lindell saying, make it, making it easier to uh, sue Mike Lindell, but you're Mike Lindell. We have a word for that when you're talking about yourself. It's me. Um, and Trump does that in his true social posts. His announcement about the possible arrest was saying, the former president of the United States and leading in the po talking about himself in the third person. Um, I hear that Luke Beasley guy has a show you should watch. Subscribe to Luke Beasley's channel, everybody. <laughs> um, very bizarre, gotta tell you. So there it is, MAGA unhappy with DeSantis over his his snarky comments there. I have now for you some clips of Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley at a recent Vision 24 National Conservative Forum, something or another, that was going on. Some conservative speakers were at it, and she was one of them. And the first one I'll show you will definitely cause you to cringe a little bit. Here's this. Dual personality? I mean, um, help us with this. No, when you're born in South Carolina, you learn how to kick with a smile, right? So, I mean, it's a... <laughs> Look, I am a fierce fighter when it comes to my family, when it comes to my country, when it comes to the things that I love and believe in. Um, but I can, I, can, I can pretty much tear you apart without you realizing I just did it. And I can smile the whole time doing it. You know, the, dual person. Okay. Um, by the way, this part. Born in South Carolina, you learn how to kick with a smile. What is Nikki Haley's deal with kicking? <laughs> and yes, I'm, I'm going to play this compilation again. Stop bringing up kicking. You're a politician. I'm not kicking sideways. I'm not going to kick sideways. I don't kick sideways. I don't kick sideways. Take the kick me sign off of our backs. I'm kicking forward. I'm kicking forward. I'm kicking forward. I kick forward. Whenever I'm kicked, I always kick back. They all think we can be kicked around. And when you kick back, it hurts them more if you're wearing heels. I'm Nikki Haley, and I'm running for president. So, and all those clips, by the way, were within like two days. Um, so, a kicking machine, that Nikki Haley. And again, if you don't have actual policies to push, then just talk about vaguely how much of a fighter you are and how effective of a kicker you are. Instead of, instead of actually talking about specifically the policies you would push for. Speaking of, to get to some more clips, um... Here's some of her talking about the way the left is going after the kids and all those things we hear. 
problem is these school bureaucrats have decided parents can't do their job. So they now suddenly think they have to go and infiltrate everything that they think should be taught to our kids. We are still the parents. We have to fight for our kids. We have one job, and that's to make sure that we raise our children to be strong, faithful, responsible kids. And if we don't stop all this woke ideology that's happening in our schools, we will lose them. And we can't afford for that to happen. I do think that's the big fear here. It's not about this wokeness monster they've created, mythical creature. Um, it's about the fear that if they learn an honest telling of history, an honest telling of the modern situation we're in now, the honest reality of different identities existing in this world, they may understand that the modern Republican Party is bonkers, is detached from reality, um, or the driving force of it. There's still reasonable Republicans kind of who are annoyed with the, the driving force, which is this MAGA ideology, and will want to address the issues that they learned about. It's not CRT teaching you to hate yourself. It's and by the way, as we mentioned, CRT is a higher education thing anyways, um, not even in elementary schools. But what they're going after in large part is just good, honest discussions about our history. Not so that you hate yourself. No, everyone's valuable as an individual. It's so that you know truth. You know what's going on in the country, what has gone on, what is going on now. And I think they fear that people will be motivated by that to want to solve some of these issues and that will place them not on the same political side as Nikki Haley. Um, and then continuing forward with the kid fear-mongering. What would you have to say about the wokeism that's infiltrating the school systems? 90% of our American kids are now under critical race theory. And what that means <laughs> is if a little girl goes into what is that critical race theory is a course that kids couldn't possibly understand it is for higher education settings what are you talking about 90 percent? where'd you get the figure 90 percent from you pulled that out of somewhere in the garden if she's white you're telling her she's bad if she's brown or black you're telling her she's never going to be good enough and she's always going to be a who 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 is saying that victim and that's wrong the idea that we are dividing our children based on race, based on religion, based on all of these things. That's not what was supposed to happen. You have, we talked about the. What would you have? Uh, it's so pointless. <laughs> Isn't it fascinating? There is an entire movement that is reacting to something that in large part doesn't exist. That's wild. Um, and then more kids stuff. Kids need to be saying the Pledge of Allegiance when they start their day so that they know to love America. It's an obsession with things that impact very little people. H how do people not see that? Care about things that impact you and your life and your material well-being. Don't be tricked into thinking all these things are problems that aren't actually problems. Um, and then I say, now that we've gotten to the end of all of her younger generation related stuff, 
if you actually cared about the well-being of children, you would care about addressing the leading cause of death for children in the United States, which is gun violence. And common sense gun reform is one of the major ways we do that. Also mental health, also investing in communities, but gun control is a major way. And it's individuals like Nikki Haley who use this distorted view of what the Second Amendment means to stand against that. So I don't believe a word she says on protecting the kids. Then we get to this. We can have that again. Don't let anybody tell you we can't have that again. But in order to have that again, we've got to stop this national self-loathing of people saying America's bad or it's rotten or the fact that it's racist. I was elected, you elected me, the first female minority governor in history. America's not racist, we're blessed. Okay, that whole conversation, is America a racist country? Is so pointless. It's so pointless. There's racist individual. I don't care if the entity of a country or the, if the country, that doesn't even mean anything. There's racist individuals. Those should be pushed back against. There's systems that disproportionately impact people negatively along racial lines. That needs to be addressed. You're saying words that mean nothing. Is a country racist? What? Why? There are racist individuals. Do we recognize that? Okay. We should try to make sure people are not racist. There are systems that hurt people along racial lines. Let's address that. That's the conversation. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Then to give you a sense of the word I keep coming back to is pointless. Just patronizing. This whole event was. This is Marsha Blackburn at the same event. Woke is their favorite word. Wokeism. Woke is your favorite wor favorite word, Marsha Blackburn. Woke is their favorite word. Wokeism is their favorite activity. <laughs> what? Who? Hey, who wants to go wokeism with me? And they adhere to DEI and ESG like it's a religion. It is that important to them. Woke. Mm, just a absolute an absolutely pumped crowd there and then you have let's see here tim scott and then you would target education if you wanted to ruin america you would during the pandemic he's talking about if you want to ruin america this is what you do pandemic lock kids out of the classroom and after the pandemic you would lock poor kids into failing schools if you wanted to ruin America. You would, instead of teaching the ABCs, you would teach C. I, could, I knew y'all were smart. I just knew y'all were smart. I could look in the front row and say, wow, this is a smart group. And I look in the back and say, oh my gosh, it's they, they, smart back there too. A message to supporters of these individuals. They don't respect you if this is how they speak to you. If they think they can trick you and convince you they're working for you when all they're doing is talking about a mythical problem of wokeism, 
if they think they can spend all of their time on the campaign trail in positions of power, addressing things that largely don't exist while they actually hand more power to the powerful, hand more wealth to the wealthy, they don't respect you. They talk to you. I don't get it. They talk to their supporters in such a patronizing manner. Snap out of it. This is a distraction. The whole wokeism thing. Are there annoying people on social media? Yes. In the current environment we're in, sorry about that, if y'all heard a notification. Um, in the current political environment we're in, in positions of power, you have one party that is flawed, but does push for good actions. And another party that is almost entirely just flawed <laughs> and is constantly trying to, again, make the powerful more powerful, the wealthy more wealthy, and not investing in uh, the lives of most Americans, unless you're at the very top of the economic ladder. That's what's happening. The actions. Don't be tricked by the words so much and so many times. And that's what this whole movement is about. They're distracting you. You're... I'm being negatively impacted too, but you're being scammed. You're being convinced that wokeism is the biggest problem that faces America. Meanwhile, they're actively trying to block actions by the Biden administration to lower your uh, prescription drug costs or cap your insulin costs or invest in the future of our dang planet in a climate change response or invest in infrastructure in your community, get internet out to rural areas. Um, healthcare coverage for people, all these different actions that would benefit many of your lives. I'm talking, I know y'all <laughs> probably this doesn't apply to, uh, in that you're not voting for Republican politicians, but it is so sad and it's such a scam and we're seeing it all play out. I have for you a fascinating and stunning report from, uh, the Texas Tribune that outlines how Police officers who responded to the Uvalde mass shooting at Robb Elementary, where 19 students were killed and two teachers, were afraid to go in. You might remember they just would not respond properly. They would not enter the room and stop the shooter because he had an AR-15. That's why they're saying they were afraid. And while this is not an excuse for their improper response, it does highlight something that we've said for a long time on the left, which is if you actually cared about police officers, you would be pro more gun control, pro common sense gun legislation. And it is the Republican Party who's constantly saying the words, as we talked about in the last segment, saying the words of we support the cops, but not allowing legislation that would actually make them safer. And in this situation may have allowed them to respond better. Again, it's not an excuse for their actions. But it's um, what they're citing here. So take a look at a little bit of this recording from the Texas Tribune. Or they're highlighting this recording. And you can hear the police officers talking about him having an AR-15. And then one of the statements from one of these police officers about it. You know what kind of gun? What's the safest way to do this? I'm not trying to get clapped out. 
you knew that it was it was definitely a AR two two three round. You can see the shell casings. We just we had no choice but just to wait and try to get some something that had better coverage where we could actually stand up to him. Uh, I, I called for long rifles, I know that. I don't know what words I used, uh, but I knew we needed to get a whole bunch of those over there because I didn't have one, and I don't recall if Lieutenant Martinez even had one when we walked up. Saw my truck, take on my AR, get it ready. I know there's schools going on. Mm -hmm. Regards to be shooting, we, I, I found, I need my AR. It's hot. Ah, man, man, safe, safe, safe. Okay, so you can hear them very aware of the fact that it was an AR-15 that was making them, or that was what they were um, feeling justified not actually entering. Here from the Texas Tribune, once they saw a torrent of bullets tear through a classroom wall and metal door, the first police officers in the hallway of Rob Elementary School concluded they were outgunned and that they could die. The gunman had an AR-15, a rifle design, uh, used by U.S. soldiers in every conflict since Vietnam. Its bullets flew toward the officers at three times the speed of sound and could have pierced through body armor like a hole punch through paper. They grazed two officers in the head and the group retreated. It outlines some of those quotes we heard in that video. Um, quote, you knew that it was definitely an AR. Uvalde Police Department Sergeant Donald Page said in an interview with investigators after the school shooting, there was no way of going in we had no choice but to wait and try to get something that had better coverage where we could actually stand up to them so um when there's kids and they're dying you enter i understand that it's terrifying which you enter but the fact that they as police officers recognize the threat of an ar-15 in the situation to the point where it changes their actions so dramatically highlights again if you cared about the lives as the modern republican party is constantly talking about um, of children and police officers protecting children and standing up for police officers clearly that's not genuine because children are dying the leading cause of death for children is gun violence and police officers are in more unsafe situations and are making worse decisions because of the reality of guns designed for war being on the streets. So the lives of children and police officers are being threatened because so many Republicans won't get on board with common sense gun legislation. And don't give me this, no, it's only about mental health or, or other factors, poverty. Those things need to be addressed too. And often when the Democratic Party puts forward legislation on mental health, for example, Republicans block it. But it's also about gun legislation. When you look at the primary variable that sets the United States apart from other countries, well, there's two. We have way more guns, way less regulated. That's one. And we have way more gun violence than many other comparable countries. So connect the dots. Other countries have mental health problems. Other countries have issues with poverty. They don't see the gun violence that we see. Why is that? Because we don't implement common sense gun control. And so two of the things they talk about the most, backing the blue, protecting the kids. They'll protect the kids, talk about, they'll care about protecting the kids when it comes to drag queen story hours, which aren't harming children. And they won't talk about the leading cause of death for children, which is gun violence, and actually implementing solutions to that. It really is sickening.
and then back in the blue, clearly not, because the thing that will make cops less safe, we're not regulating properly, being these guns designed to kill people, even if they have, um, you know, protective gear on. Stunning. Well, we continue into another segment talking about Republican hypocrisy on the issue of kids protecting the kids. And now we're talking about free lunches for students K through 12 in the state of Minnesota. And we'll talk about, luckily, this bill got um, signed into law by uh, Democratic Governor Tim Waltz. But before that, while it was being debated, Republican State Senator uh, Steve Drozkowski, maybe pronunciation, Drozkowski, I think, Drozkowski, um, he was opposing this bill, K through 12 students having their uh, breakfast and lunch covered while they're at school. And his explanation for why he opposes it, just look. Mr. President, I have yet to meet a person in Minnesota that is hungry. Yet today, I have yet to meet a person in Minnesota that says they don't have access to enough food to eat. Now, I should say that hunger is a relative term, Mr. President. You know, I had a cereal bar for breakfast. I guess I'm hungry now. Uh, that, to some, might be the, maybe that's the definition of the bill. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see a definition of hunger in the bill, Mr. President. Um, but I think most reasonable people suggest hunger means you don't have enough to eat in order to, to uh, provide for metabolism and growth. So sick of people celebrating, bathing in, broadcasting their own ignorance. Ugh. So there's a thing that's done sometimes within these types of conversations, and we'll get to the facts in a second here, of pretending that there's nothing in between starving to death and having the proper amount and type of food. There's a huge difference, and there's disastrous consequences to not having that proper um, situation in terms of food for children. And so pretending like, oh, find me an example of someone who starved to death yesterday means we don't have real problems with food insecurity is so dishonest. Here from 2020, the Department of Agriculture, uh, yeah, Economic Research Service, U.S. Department of Agriculture, 14.8% of households with children were food insecure. 14.8% of households with children, and to get you an explanation on food security, food security is defined as having access all at all times to enough food for an active, healthy life. And 14.8% in 2020 were not having that provided to them. And then here from uh, 2022, this was published, No Kid Hungry, one in eight kids in the United States are living with hunger. That's nine million children. Some of these children are missing meals. Others are faced with hunger-related hardships as parents and caretakers make trade-offs between buying groceries and paying bills. So how callous it is that he would talk like that, not just opposing the bill for whatever the reason might be, but pretending there's not a real problem with food insecurity in our country and um, in Minnesota specifically. And then you might be thinking, okay, of course we shouldn't have one in nine children who are food insecure, not being given 
the proper amount of food to live a healthy life. Um, but I'm sure the program's already in place in terms of free lunch and subsidized um, lunch and breakfast for children in school already cover those who need it, right? No, CBS writes, one in four food insecure children don't qualify for support under current federal programs, according to Hunger Solutions Minnesota. This comes at a time when visits to food shelves have soared to new heights, increasing by 50% over the previous year. So, no. And then, to lighten it up, this did end up getting signed into law, which is awesome. Here from CBS Minnesota, Governor Tim Waltz put his signature on the Universal School Meals Bill Friday afternoon, providing free breakfast and lunch to all K-12 students, regardless of their parents' income. That is fantastic. This is what our leaders should be doing. And by the way, in case you're wondering, okay, if a lot of people aren't qualifying, just raise the threshold. Everyone doesn't have to qualify, but just raise the threshold so more people do. But there's a lot of information that's been gathered on when you have some people who qualify, some people who don't, there can be a stigma created and just a social harm done to children um, with the awareness that they have to get the subsidized meal and other people don't. Instead, make it universal. A country that is as wealthy as the United States should not be having to pinch pennies on the food of children. Um, it's really that simple. We're plenty fine spending way more than we would ever need to spend on this in all sorts of places that Republicans support um, that are far less necessary uh, than the lives and health of children. And that's what we're talking about here. And then just for the sweetest little image you'll ever see or video, this uh, was the signing. Again, I say, that is why we have, that's what our elected officials are supposed to be doing, providing something to people. And then I'm sure that video is very politically rewarding for him, but great, because that's what you're supposed to do as an elected official. And we should have universal uh, meals for kids in schools, K through 12, across the board, 100%, absolutely no question about it. And it's pretty bonkers that we don't already. Thank you all so much for watching and listening to today's show. A reminder for those watching who aren't already members um, or our podcast listeners, you can become a member, get the full show hours before all the clips are uploaded, uh, all the individual stories to the YouTube channel, um, and get the weekend bonus show and be supporting what we do at lukebeasleyshow.com slash membership. Thank you all so much, um, and I'll see you tomorrow.